the kangaroo, and now he hopping away. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rough Cut Retrospective, episode 172, a podcast that talks about movies, TV, pop culture, and yes, more double features. I'm your host, Carter Sims. As always, I'm joined by my co-host. He's a quarter Hawaiian. It's Jackson Mahirin. Hey! I am not quarter Hawaiian. I would never take a role like what? that. We are not some people, Emma Stone, mm-hmm. but... uh. Hi, good to be here. Hey, welcome back, buddy. How are you? I am good. I'm 100% white, by the way, <laughs> in case you couldn't obviously tell. Just to make it clear by the 171 <laughs> episodes we've done prior yes. to this. Um, and I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that like I'm like I'm proud of that or anything. It's just the circumstances. I'm just I, here. I backed you into a corner okay. right off Ooh, the bat. And I'm I, sweating. I'm sweating. I love it. Well, I'll make someone else sweat now. I don't have any racist comments to make about our co-host joining us today, That's but- good. He is back after a week hiatus. He put money in the jacket, the jacket on the kangaroo, and now he's hopping away. It's Jeff Brown. Welcome back, buddy. How are you? Aloha. Go long, boys. Um, (laughs) Happy to be back. Thanks for uh, holding down the fort without me. Um, You guys were excellent guest hosts in my absence. (laughs) Um, Jackson, I just want to know where you were on January 6th, 2021. (laughs) Why do you want to know that? (laughs) <laughs> proud white boy uh, Ugh, i'm scrambling i'm scrambling god i was at my mom's house i actually do know mm-hmm. i was at my mom's house is her house white anyway um so. <laughs> we're here uh we're covering some doozies today on seeing double uh we are covering kangaroo jack and aloha we're gonna dig into it this is one of the weirder episodes of these we've done we're very excited but first Jackson, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What were you into this week other than watching insurrection videos? <laughs> I hate this narrative that's being painted right other now. Other than reliving your glory days. Stop. Stop. <laughs> cut that. Cut oh, that, cut my that. gosh. Not we won't that. cut it. No, we won't. Okay. I'm in charge of the edit. Go ahead. What are you into? <laughs> um, So I've actually not seen any new movies besides uh, the ones that we are doing for this episode. Um nice. Mostly because Abby broke her ankle this weekend, and that was like a whole crazy whirlwind of events. So she's doing better. Good. Um, yeah, so so no movies on that end. I did get also on eBay, I won a Game Boy from my childhood, but it's like a cool special edition one. That's pretty Ooh. sick. So I'm going to be replaying the games of my childhood uh, of the ones I've never completed. And I started with uh, Pokemon Leaf Green today. So that's what I'll be doing uh, for the next week, probably. So that's what I've been into. That's your actual dream. Those mm-hmm. are your real dreams. Mm-hmm. I love it. Those are the glory days you're reliving. That's exactly. <laughs> and I love how eBay has convinced you that you want it, despite you giving US dollars for it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we live in a society, man. Yeah. Oh, what about you, Jeff? What were you into? Yes, yeah, kind of in a similar vein of Jackson. Me and him were texting the other day. We're in 2024 is the year of healing your childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And so he bought a Game Boy and I'm re-watching the Marvel movies, um, doing my clip show episode of my life, watching all my old faves. So, nice. um, yeah, most Marvel movies I've saw, I've seen everyone and I've seen most of them opening night, but then I never saw them again. So I'm re- enjoying a rewatch so far. I've made it through phase one sans Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. so I've watched Iron Man, Iron Man 2 and Captain Thor and Captain America. And what about Hulk? 
I skipped Hulk because what? I think what? that it was grandfathered in. Um, no, it wasn't. It's canon. <laughs> yes, it was. So was it, Iron it, Man. It. Okay, what? See, Iron, Iron Man, Man came before Hulk. I know that. That's why Tony Stark could appear in Hulk. But Hulk was like already kind of its own thing. And then after the success of Iron Man, didn't they add the the post credit? I don't know. But here's what I'll say. You need <laughs> I, to watch I, it. I don't. It's not good. Like, but like I've you seen it. Watch I've it. seen it. But I don't like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So you're doing an MCU rewatch with an asterisk next to it is what you're saying. Well, he didn't watch Avengers either. So, yes, he is. Yeah. So far. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not done with it, but I mm. I do not have any intention of watching The Incredible Hulk. When you it's, get to Iron Man three, let us know because Jackson has a really hot take that Iron Man three is the best of the Iron Man movies after upon rewatch. It's awesome. I that was the single not to get on a total MCU train, <laughs> but um, I'm a huge Iron Man guy. He's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I really loved Captain America, but it just it isn't better than the EOG Iron Man. That that movie just hooks you so hard, and RDJ is so terrific. That's and fair. So, that being said, um. Iron Man 3 was, I think, the first movie that I literally couldn't wait for. Like, when they dropped the trailer, that trailer... Yeah, you were was so hyped. The trailer's good. Yeah. They blew up his mansion. So, it was crazy. Which is what makes the movie ultimately kind of a letdown because Ben Kingsley isn't what they make him out to be in the trailer. Going going into it knowing, I think you'll appreciate other stuff more. Like, you won't yeah. be as distracted by that. I won't be a hater. In fact, I really enjoyed Iron Man 2. I know that's kind of the cars of the MCU in some ways. Yeah. Um, but I had fun with it. I thought Mickey work was was fun. Justin yeah. Hammer is really infectious, but it's better than Thor. I'd say that it is. It is better. I than, would agree. And those those damn those bleached damn eyebrows, dirt, bleached eyebrows. I stand <laughs> it. I couldn't stand it. Um, but yeah. Anyways, sorry for the tangent. MCU, no, you're good. Been a fun uh, let me, yeah, let me know when you get to the point where me and Abby fell off because I'd love to jump back in, but not too early before I get burnt out again. I think that'd be gotcha. fun. Where did you yep. fall off? Somewhere around phase three. I think maybe before Infinity War. So like we we didn't do that. Um, gotcha. But how would it um and you know maybe we should just do a whole MCU rewatch episode. But how how did you like yeah. Avengers: Age of Ultron? I kind of like it. I kind of. I kind of enjoy it. I don't think it's like the worst. I remember one. loving it in theaters, but that one is one that hasn't aged well in the minds of fans. Really? Either. That's fair. I haven't um, seen it since, so I don't know. It's but fine. I think it's fine. Anyway, There's some good anyway. action sequences. Sorry, Carter, your turn. Anyways. No, this is a great segue because kind of the main thing I was into this week that I want to talk about is Super Bowl trailers. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So first of all, Super Bowl, that happened. Um, it was a good game. It was a good game. It, it was pretty rough, the, like the first half, and then it got yeah. better. Um, 49ers are dumb for not choosing to receive first. Anyway, they didn't know the overtime rules. Neither did we. Um, professional athletes. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> what did you guys think of the speaking of MCU the the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer? I was pretty surprised to see uh Tom's Wamsgans from Secession. <laughs> I did not think he would straight do off the, the set ever. Yeah, like I thought that was kind of shocking. Uh, especially when you have like the Owen Wilson character already set up with the TVA. I mean, obviously maybe they're doing something like way different that we don't know, but I, I thought that was kind of weird. Um, are, and are I was shocked s- by the name change. Is that going to be like permanent or is that like a gag? I think Corbin was alluding that it was maybe just a gag. I don't know, the, but I've just seen a bunch of memes where they're just tacking on other names. Other stuff. Yeah. Like, and Grogu and, and the Grogu. Wasp. 
yeah. and the fantabulous <laughs> emancipation of Harley Quinn. It just yeah. keeps growing, and I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, good, very bad day. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh, that's a great one to add. Ooh, that's nice. Um, yeah, that it kind of got me excited again for the MC. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe not for the MCU, but maybe for. I don't know. Just my expectations are up again. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to be bought back in. And with the Fantastic Four reveal, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fully yeah, I, in again. I yeah. don't know. I'm we're broken. Only once. Yeah. I'm in. So we're so back. Um, were there any other trailers that you guys were like, yeah, that looked good? I thought the Wicked one was really good in the moment, and then I saw all these screenshots of like iconic locations next to screenshots of the 1939 mm-hmm. movie and the tweet was like why do why are movies so ugly now and now yeah. i think it looked horrible but yeah <laughs> i was kind of the swayed. same way like i watched it and i was like i'm so in wicked looks amazing and then the internet swayed ruined me. it a little yeah. bit it swayed me, but i i will say i think cynthia everybody who's in it looks terrific yeah um, and sounds amazing we but... didn't get to see ethan slater in the trailer though maybe that was purposeful but anyway yeah, maybe Jeff Goldblum as Wizard of Oz is yeah, is that's so that's inspired. I love um, that so much. Defying Gravity is gonna lift me out of my seat. So, um, is it a part one still, or is it just all of it now? Do we know? I, I think it's still a part one. The only okay. thing is, just they changed the they changed the name from part one to just Wicked. But I still believe that they're doing a part one because okay. the creator demanded that his none of the songs be cut. So, oh, interesting. So, if they're honoring those, then I think you're gonna need to. You're gonna need two movies, so I don't know. We'll yeah. see, and also I, money. Part ones don't sell well. I don't feel like like I think that the early 2010s kind of beat that to death. You know, with yeah, Harry and Hunger Games and stuff. Twilight, uh, yeah. Virgin, yeah, Twilight. So, I'd, um, maybe yeah, maybe they're gonna do Wicked and Wicked Messiah or something like that. <laughs> <Not> Messiah, <laughs> Wizard of Oz prequel, yeah, right. Um. Yeah, I thought they were all good. Planet of the Apes looked looked good, and um, there was another one I can't remember. Twisters looked psychotic, which was great. I, like they're just recreating Twister. Which... Yeah, they had like the storm chaser car that like anchored into the ground by like drilling. I thought Hell that was yeah. kind of yeah. I was um, in. Yeah, this was those were good stuff. So yeah, I just wanted to bring up the trailers and the Super Bowl. And I the probably... commercials sucked for the Super Bowl. Also, like there was yeah. nothing really fun. The trailers, I. I don't know if I could even think of one other than the trailer. There was like the Dunkin' Donuts one with yeah, like those were Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, and if you were a big RFK fan, you were probably pretty happy. You got a nice RFK. <laughs> that one was pretty crazy. Yeah, Jesus uh, washed feet. All good stuff there. Yeah, I did. And, there uh, was one where they had a they had a commercial making fun of Christopher Walken and the way he talks. Yeah, and then the very next commercial was Arnold Schwarzenegger making fun of the way he talks. <laughs> and you just know the State Farm people of Arnold were just like. <laughs> we spent, they stole our bit. We spent fifteen million dollars just to get their big stole my whole flow pocket. bar for bar. Ooh, also this should maybe be a PSA. Uh, don't use Timu. Don't let the three Super Bowl commercials. What is that? It's, were... it's like a scam site. Like don't don't do it. It's like drop shipping, and it's don't do it. It's not worth your money and your hassle. Good to know. Good to know. Um, the only thing, the only last thing I'm going to mention is I saw Lisa Frankenstein. Uh, in theaters and you know what I didn't hate it I thought it was fine fun take on Frankenstein um, from Robin Williams daughter which was kind of cool the era of Frankenstein movies it mm-hmm. is pretty wild like seeing everyone's take on it is wild and we're getting two Frankenstein movies next year I think so mm-hmm. wild stuff are, um, um, are any of you 
you two handsome fellas going to check out Madam Web this weekend? I, I might. I would I like might. to. Lauren okay. and I are seeing Bob Marley on Saturday. Oof. So we're, we're choosing I that. I think it's going to be a rough week at the movies for yeah. the, the lovers. I think it's not a great, <laughs> not a great time out there. Um, yeah, I'll probably try to catch it by myself or something. I don't know. Lauren, Lauren, maybe we'll see it with me. Um, I don't know. She I'm likes excited. She likes women superheroes. She went to see the Marvels with me. So hell yeah, whatever. Wonderful. Um, enough of Madam Web. Let's move on to good movies. Um, let's move <laughs> on to seeing double. Oh, don't do this to me. I'm already seeing double. And today, as we mentioned, probably our most unhinged episode of this that we're going to do. Uh, we are tackling Kangaroo Jack and Aloha. First, a little synopsis on Kangaroo Jack and Aloha. Then uh, we'll throw to Jackson for some similarities. Or do you want or either of us? We we'll can do a group, a group thing, maybe. Yeah. Why we just decided to pair these. Uh, first off, Kangaroo Jack, directed by David McNally. Uh, only known for in movies Coyote Ugly and this film. So I think his career was ended shortly after this. He does some TV work, but not a lot. Uh, this came out in 2003, written by uh, Steve Bing and Barry O'Brien, and also Scott Rosenberg, who is credited for the first Venom, uh, the new Jumanji <laughs> movies, and Con Air. So what, okay. a, what a filmography for him. Um, two childhood friends, a New York hairstylist and a wannabe musician didn't catch that from that the film. Never comes up. That is in the synopsis. Um, okay, <laughs> didn't catch that. Uh, get mixed up with the mob and are forced to deliver fifty thousand dollars to Australia, but things go all wrong when the money is lost to a wild kangaroo. I barely could get through that sentence without laughing. <laughs> um, and then our second film we will be covering is Aloha. Uh, directed by Cameron Crowe, came out in 2015, 2016. I forgot to write Sounds that down. Right. Yep, somewhere around there. 2015. Uh, directed and written by Cameron Crowe, who you know from Almost Famous, Jerry Maguire, Say Anything, and of course, We Bought a Zoo. A uh, celebrated <laughs> military contractor returns to the site of his greatest career triumphs and reconnects with a long-ago love while unexpectedly, unexpectedly falling for the hard-charging Air Force watchdog assigned to him. Jesus. Um, so um, similarities. I want to start here and just say when we initially conceived of this concept, Jackson and Jeff, I think it was our initial intent was like we were going to tackle bad movies. Like that yeah. was going to be our whole shtick in February. It was a dumpy series that we were going to do. And up to this point, I think we've actually picked movies that we just wanted to see if they held up or were pleasantly surprised by. And I think we've at least 50% of the time when we covered two of these features, we were like, this one actually was pretty good upon yeah. rewatch. Not the case here. Um, <laughs> no, this is the first moment where it really feels like dumpy lore. Would you agree? Yeah. I think that's the biggest similar similarity is that both of these movies are terrible yes. and uh, not fun in basically any way. So no. that's definitely the first similarity. No. Yeah. And I think it was fun. I think Jeff even texted. He was like, this is the first time these feel like January releases. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's rough it, out here. They, they shouldn't have been made. They, no. they, are, <laughs> they are so bad. I, if you haven't seen them, don't like maybe like, see them <laughs> pretty bad. Maybe see Aloha because it is 
unbelievable aloha is insane how bad it is and yeah. i can't wait to talk about it in a second i can excuse kangaroo jack i'm gonna take that back. <laughs> a sign of the times maybe a product of its time uh, yeah like that maybe. that's a kid's movie which just comes with its own level of like implied badness mm-hmm. especially in that movie. era um but yeah aloha Edgy. like thought it was gonna be good it yeah. was that's the stars true. were good. The right, like the writer, did almost famous Jerry Maguire. Like, like there was, yeah, it, it's very earnest. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, it's no, that was it, great. It's perfectly teeing up. Why we just the similarity, the main similarity is these are ass. So yeah. we will. And I, I want to say these were like maybe the last, coincidentally, like the last movies we paired up to, just like while we were planning this. Yeah. And so we we're just kind of like, all right, we're gonna pair these up. Um, also they're both location movies. So maybe at least the stars had like a nice vacation while doing this work as well. The Adam Sandler effect. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was Mm -hmm. one of those that no, that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. This is ringing bells for me. That's why we speculated Bill Murray was in Aloha. Yes. Trip to Hawaii. Right. He got to go to Hawaii and he was our similarity to the rest of the series because he's also in Get Smart. That's what it was. There you go, Jeff. It all comes back to Bill. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, a good mention there that these are kind of both globe-trotting vacation destination settings where something sinister is is going on in the background. Kind of some dumb plot twists towards the end of the movie that kind of reveal what's actually happening the whole time. We'll get to that later. Some are kind of maybe too good for the quality of movie that they were in, and some are just bad. Um, and also, for some reason, like some pretty talented and fun casts that seem like they're doing material beneath them. Um, yes. Yeah. And I think one was more promising than the other. I don't think anyone came in to Kangaroo Jack and was like, this is going to make my career. Yeah. But I don't know. Aloha felt like a, like a natural stepping stone in some people's careers that like would move them along. Um, John Krasinski. Yeah. True. <laughs> He's, he has a lot of lines in that film. Um, and then the last one is just racist and, uh, undertones and stereotypes a lot of stereotypes yeah. that we'll, we'll cover in some really racist no it's not even racist undertones in aloha they're overtones um we'll, we'll get to those but i want to start with kangaroo jack i believe um because we're gonna go to town on aloha for sure we're gonna go to town on this as well but um first of all was this was this everyone's first time watching or had you, had, was this a childhood i know jackson this was a childhood one that we were like no, no. This was oh, not a childhood one. Oh, maybe I thought it thing. was one, but I definitely don't think I've seen all of this. Maybe I've seen like bits and pieces of it because uh-huh. it was such a like weird little trick of like movie history for us. But I don't think I saw this one after rewatching it or watching it. I don't even know. But yeah, Jeff, was it a yeah. first time watch for you? Yeah, I mean, I think I might be in the exact same boat as Jackson. I remember there when I was watching it, I had moments of deja vu. Mm-hmm. but I couldn't have told you had I told you what the plot was, I would have been a hundred percent wrong. And um, maybe, maybe what it is is maybe we did watch it as kids, but it's so not geared towards kids that like, we only remember the kangaroo parts and like the rest of the plot, like just did not stick with. Yeah. Those. I was, I yeah. was convinced you could have put a gun to my son. I would have <laughs> told you that the kangaroo could talk. He can only he can, talk kind he, of in dream sequences. I thought, and I, at the end of the movie, <laughs> I thought I remembered him like like coming to New York City and it being like I was totally wrong. I thought it was a fish out of water. I know what you're thinking of. Came to New York. There's a sequel. 
there's this animated sequel. Wait. It's called Are Kangaroo Jack. It? It's called Kangaroo Jack Good Day USA. And I have seen that as well. And so, he, can he talk in that one? He can. And he like fights Mike Tyson, I'm pretty sure. There's a, yeah, there's like the music video of him like. Mama said knock you out. Yeah. And I, I remember that. Pretty, he talks pretty, in that version. Yeah. But that's fully geared towards kids. Decent chance. Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess, first point, like, who is this movie for? Because it has kid elements, but there's also, like, some really raunchy and, like... Well, it's a mafia... Like, it's like a mafia comedy. Yes. And then it's like, all right, we'll throw this... I guess, like, studios looked at, like, the success of Snow Dogs, and they were like, okay, we want this, like, family-friendly layer to this movie. And then I watched the original trailer right before we recorded... And like it's a lot of the stuff that y- you know you see, but then like that whole sequence of the kangaroo talking, which is not like canon, it's like a dream fever sequence. Basically, they put that at the end of the, of the trailer to kind of like imply that that's he's a talking kangaroo for like the whole movie, <laughs> which it, is so messed up when you think about it, but it's so funny at the same time. Yeah, I think this is kind of like a like a sister point to who was this made for. Well, why the hell is it called Kangaroo Jack? I, why is this a they kangaroo? Call him, they call him Kangaroo, or they, they call, call him Jackie, Jackie Legs. Legs. No, but but why is there a kangaroo? This isn't a kangaroo Australia. movie. It's not a kangaroo movie. What are you talking this about? This is a mafia movie. That Hold on. What are you talking about? It's got a water element. They put the money in the jacket that's on the kangaroo. Oh, 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 when, oh, it, oh you're talking about the moment where they... Dress up roadkill and take a Polaroid <laughs> selfie. We need it. to talk about this. Yeah, let's just let's just dive uh, right in. These guys hit a kangaroo. They run over a kangaroo, and mm-hmm. he's perceived to be dead by the two main characters, who, by the way, are played by some of the most forgettable actors on the face of the planet. Um, insane to me. Ah, Jerry O'Connell, great and stand by me. Anderson's done other stuff, but Jerry he O'Connell. hosted the Emmys. Yeah. He was yeah. on Transformers or something. I remember. Jer- Jerry O'Connell has the has like he looks like Carrot Top, like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he looks like Carrot Top before bad surgery. Like I, yeah, I Carrot Top's looking by him as a lead. He's married anyway. to Rebecca Romaine, who was Mystique. Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, a little fun little fact for you. Um, it was fun. Yeah. So anyway, they and run also, over this kangaroo. Yes, <laughs> and they think he's dead, and their first thought is. Let's dress this animal corpse up with a jacket and take selfies with him, which is the most insane thing ever. Like, that's so crazy. Just on top of it, too, they try to make it a point. Their character dynamic is that Lewis, who's Anthony Anderson's character, is like a fuck up. He's the screw up Mm -hmm. of the gang. And Jerry O'Connell's character. What's his name? I don't even remember his character's name, but I don't know. um, Anyway, Charlie. White boy. Charlie. Charlie. And then Charlie's supposed to be like the you're an idiot. I'm the straight laced guy. And they're both just like, put some sunglasses so on it. <laughs> that is Jackie Legs. Um Okay, what's okay, they were like, he looks just like this guy. Who is this guy? Some guy that they knew. Like, is this like, like a the, real person? In their person? neighborhood? Oh, yeah. Okay. In their neighborhood. No, not in real life, I don't think. I was so confused. I was like, is this supposed to be like a like a two thousands reference? I'm just like not getting. <laughs> He looks like Sugar Ray. Like, yeah, I, I was know. so confused. Um, yeah. So. So stupid. Yeah. So why were they putting him in the back of their car? You usually just move Roadkill out of the way. They were taking a picture. They were yeah, pro- to do the selfie. <laughs> oh, they literally, they did the work of hoisting it up. Correct. <laughs> yes. Oh, How much to give this weigh? scene some amount of credit, CG and it looked pretty good. Yeah. 
the practical the like puppet that was just first laying there on the road looked yeah. pretty good. Yeah, uh, the like what they used for the selfie scene. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you're right, Carter. I bet it was a practical dummy. Yeah, just like a dummy that they were walking around. I thought that was that was pretty that was pretty neat. Also the needle drop of down under, it kind of goes. It kind of goes. It hard. was pretty good. I'll admit. And you just expect it to happen, and I'm glad that it happened. Um so yeah. Bonkers Holy premise. A large male kangaroo can be six foot seven inches tall and weigh two hundred pounds. I do not believe they lifted a dead weight kangaroo onto that. Car. Also, it kicks it kicks him in the chest. Do you think he's dead from that? Like he Maybe. just oh, yeah. he just takes it like a champ. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, we haven't even started with like the premise is that they yeah. Should we rewind and go back to the beginning now that we did the funny we got to get that out of the way yes because the opening scene is ridiculous it takes a um, while to get to australia like way too long the opening scene's ridiculous that it's a first a flashback of all of them as young kids and how he got to meet lewis and everything and this dumbass tries to swim for a ball even though he can't swim so um dumb. very dumb uh michael shannon what a trickster lewis saves him and so now he has like an iou complex about him for the it's rest a of chewbacca life. life debt that we we <laughs> mentioned before for someone else i forget who um yeah i don't know who that was for but anyway um that's pretty rough and then this whole like mob subplot that's going on where they messed up so bad that they have to their mob boss stepdad who's christopher walken by christopher walken (laughs) who's doing something i'm not really sure what he's doing here but he's having a, a time and he sends them to Australia to make this to doesn't really tell them why they go to Australia. Right. They're, They're just like, like, you got to deliver package. this package. Right. Don't open the package. Take it to this guy, Mr. Smith. And what we're revealed to later is that it's a package of like $50,000 that is going to pay the hitman that they're delivering it to, to kill the two guys that are delivering the money. Kind of fun, which kind of fun. I'm going to say it, kind of fun. that coming. I yeah. actually, if, when, when that, when that was revealed, I was like, Oh, that's actually that's actually pretty compelling. That yeah, like, but what happened in the middle? Yeah, the, like I feel like yeah, they could have done that plot line without it needing to be a whole kangaroo. Gym. Without <laughs> farting camels, no need for the kangaroo. This <laughs> didn't need to be a kangaroo. No, you don't understand, Jeff. Kangaroo. See, the money was in the jacket. <laughs> the jacket was on the kangaroo. Like I you get see, there were also to do a mob, a mob. Well, I don't get trying to do a mob story for kids, but flush or uh. <laughs> Shark Plus Tales story. did it pretty well. That's true. Shark Tales is great. It's but, a great addition to Devil's scene Double. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> Martin Scorsese's masterpiece. But um, if you're going to do a mob movie for kids, fine. And if you want to do a fish out of water movie, fine. Like I doing it in Australia is like a fun set piece with a lot of shenanigans going on. Yeah. But to market it as a kangaroo movie, the kangaroo probably has. Darth Vader and a new hope level screen time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I wish I kept waiting for the kangaroo to join them in like almost like a Paul the alien or like a, you know what I mean? We're like, yeah. Part yeah. Of the- I love how that's the thing you think of though. Paul <laughs> yeah. the alien. Great film, Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah. Literally all the, the kangaroo stuff is just like snippets of him. Like, Oh, there's a fireball in my pocket. Oh, there's a Twizzler in my pocket. Oh, it's this funny. Cause this jacket's on my head. Yeah, that's kind of all the kangaroo lore we get. And then the rest is kind of a lot of Australian stereotypes. Can we talk about Blue? My guy Blue. The, yeah. The pilot. Wow, what a guy. Um, rest in peace. <laughs> rest in oh, Does he die? I don't even no, remember. He, he died in real life in 2011. Oh, man. Bagpipes. 
Poor yeah. guy. Um, anyway, that guy was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think it's hilarious. I was thinking this the whole time. We're making such a big deal over $50,000. Like, yes. that's the amount we picked. Like, this doesn't seem very high stakes to me. And also, on top of that, we meet Jesse, who's American. American, yes. Who is like her whole like me- mission is that like she wants to repopulate the world with bilbies. Not sure what those are. Um, They're like weird little like they kind of look like aardvarks, right? If I'm remembering, they yeah. looked weird. She wants to repopulate the the Earth or whatever Australia, probably not the Earth. I don't know. But and they and they're like they offer her two thousand dollars to help with her efforts because they I tell ask? them. They tell him that it's four thousand dollars in the jacket instead yes. of fifty thousand. They lie about the amount yeah. of money, but they say, "Listen, we'll offer you two thousand dollars." And she's like, two thousand dollars? That'll solve all my problems." That's so true, actually. I don't think it will. <laughs> I feel like it costs a lot more to repopulate an almost extinct species, especially like when the task is find one. Like it'd be like finding a deer in like the all of the Midwest. Like it's yeah. like an impossible task to begin oh, with. And yeah. speaking of Jesse. Can we talk about how it's the worst, the, the worst meet cute ever? <laughs> he's getting up to go pee on an airplane and just so happens to make eye contact and he stops and goes, oh. oh wait, wait, no, that's he, not the that's, same girl. That's not the same girl. That's an yes, actual he, Australian girl. It's not the same girl. It's not the Are, same girl. But I, that's great that you brought this up because I want to talk about this stupid sequence too. The bathroom scene? Them on the plane in general. They do this bit where they're having like a fireball candy and the the main character what's his name again a lewis and charlie 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 puts it in his mouth and it's like he he put like molten rock inside of his mouth like he's freaking out Mm -hmm. over this piece of candy and i get why they do it because they want to establish that there's candy loose candy in his pocket for for later uh for the kangaroo to eat really stupid but then he like walks (laughs) to the toilet with Lewis, which is also insane. And like the whole conversation is like they're looking at the money, but everyone else, including the the woman that he tries to flirt with, thinks that they're like handling each other's poop. Like it's like something weird. doesn't smell right. It's so weird. At uh, first I thought they were going like like a really adult bit. Um, of like a like a smile high club type of thing. Right. That's not what I thought they were establishing first, and then they started talking about like it became more clear it was money, but yeah. Yeah, we've seen so much green in one little brown package. So dumb, so <laughs> stupid. I hate that I laughed at that. You just saying that because, like, it does not deserve that. Because, la- like, none of the jokes were jokes in this movie, which was so frustrating. Um, also, whenever they land the plane, uh, or they're, they're in the plane, yeah, mm. the custom scene. Yeah, they're worried about the money going through customs. It's like this is a post nine eleven movie where they're not like TSA checkouts and like the first. Like, like, how is this going on? Like, because they, they sneak the money onto the plane and don't True. freak out about it. But then they're worried about it when they get off the plane. Well, then and Charlie, like, gets, how customs and Charlie gets busted for having dr- scissors in his backpack. Yeah. How do you get onto the? Yeah. So stupid. So it's a great point. I, I, don't, I don't know. And neither did the screenwriters. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's fair. Going back, though, uh, to <laughs> to just all that, I guess. Uh, where were we now? I guess we. Um, they met the we're talking about Jesse. Talking about Jesse. Jesse. Um, and she sets him up with the Australian dude that he meets at the bar, right? To like fly over. 
mm-hmm. like and look for it. And then they find him, of course. They keep finding the the kangaroo, which is yes. insane. And by the way, just as a tangent from that, this movie is just a bunch of tangents, so bear with us. <laughs> um they walk into the bar. It's my biggest pet peeve in movies. They just walk up to the bar and go, two beers, big beers. No specification. They're just yeah. like, okay, I'll just give you a beer. And that's whatever. Just, and whatever. But yes, they get in this plane. They find Jackie Legs somehow um, in all of Australia, just bouncing around. They trank the pilot in the neck. Um, also, the woman just gives her, like, gives him the trank dart, like, no questions asked. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, she's she's not like here like you need like safety instructions or let me do it or because like presumably she cares about the animals like why would she let these two random guys like shoot this animal from a plane like it's just crazy altogether it's yeah it's it's all i will say i i did get a chuckle at the bit where they shoot him in the back of the neck with the trank dart because this guy's just flying a plane goes like oh boy (laughs) he's just like so like steady but he's like i think we're in trouble am i uh my eyes seem to be leaving me, and it just shows like them all. Like, <laughs> I can't seem vision. to move me out. So I can't seem to move. <laughs> he's just like so even keeled about it, like that. I thought that was cheese. But... Uh, then, then they land. Assume crash positions. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> so then stupid. the movie gets kind of slow. <laughs> I'm saying it gets kind of slow, um, <laughs> as if it's been action packed this in, whole time. In the middle, because it really does get quite boring when they're just. A walk in and they see the dingoes and they see like the Range Rover or whatever and then he grabs Jesse's chest. Well, that, so he ha- yeah he tough. has the hallucinations right. Yeah, where he thinks, mirages. Yes, and so I don't know what the first one was, but then she shows up and he thinks she's a mirage. Yes, and then he he gropes her because in his dreams this is like what he deems to be okay without Correct. rules as long so as weird not reality he can be non-consensual it was super gross and weird the, the first one was the car that carter mentioned they saw he finds the range oh room yeah and he yeah. sits there and i'm i was doing some research this might have been peak mirage cinema era mm, looney tunes back in action yeah like where yeah. mirages were just like really a device used <laughs> for a bit um god we we used to be a country once again um <laughs> but yeah that scene is ridiculous also when you realize that they end up together at the end like well, okay so you have the scene where he gropes the woman she yes. punches him and knocks him out and then he has a different i don't know if this is like him being knocked out hallucination or just another heat related oh hallucination, yeah or if it's like an inception thing uh but like credit. after he gropes the woman, that's where you get the kangaroo rapping rapper's delight by the Sugar Hill Gang, of course. Um, which is just insane. And this was obviously like the big piece that they put in the trailers to trick all these families into going, which is so funny. Um, doing research into this, I learned that this was like the weekend that it released. It was like number one at the box office for that weekend, which is so funny. Yeesh. Um, I do remember being somewhat of an event film as a kid. Like event film in the sense that I knew it was coming out, but I had seen the trailer for other movies. Like, like I, I was I was heavily aware of it despite ever not actually seeing it. Um, so hilarious. I'm not surprised it was number one. Um, yeah. Anyway, that th- yeah, and then there's a Christopher Walken kangaroo. There's an Anthony Anderson kangaroo. They're yeah. all saying chicken blood to him. It's it's chicken great stuff. Blood. Um, nightmare, nightmare. They're breakdancing in the money. It's it's like a fever dream. It's it's pretty insane. Um. Then this leads us to, um, I don't remember which comes first, but there's the really strange scene in the waterfall um, that 
was like, oh, I bet you're not a good kisser. Like, I'm the, actually the best kisser you've ever actually met. Um, Want to find out? No chemistry whatsoever. No, that scene is is, is so strange. And um, the waterfall's kind of a vibe, though. Like once the once the other friend like did the cannonball, I was like, I, I'd hang out here. This did it fun. give you a take you back to Hansel and Gretel witch hunter vibes in the waterfall? Oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah. wow, that's that another similar. Yeah, a steamy <laughs> waterfall scene for no reason in this yeah strange out of place for both um yeah oh and then and then it gets a little racist Uh, they dress up as aborigines and uh to like cover their scent and they just like put on like face makeup to look like aborigine people it was very weird it's it's all it's all good stuff there's a lot of camel fart jokes that occur there is like a 10 second sequence of just farts like it's so bad which is also where they sprinkle in the little fact that, oh, I used to pick these berries that might make a good shampoo someday. They, they sprinkle that little so tidbit stupid. in for you. Did they say it might make a good shampoo? Or did, no, was, okay. but they're like, these smell great. And then they're like, I and then Lewis is like, perfume. yeah, and they're like, you should take this back to your hair salon <laughs> or something like that. So I, don't, I, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's really weird. Um and then it all kind of turns into like just this big chase scene at the end. Mm-hmm. And these camels are outrunning this Jeep, um, <laughs> which is just, again, tremendous stuff. Um, and yeah, and then so Charlie's carrying these scissors in his back pocket the whole movie because he cuts himself. He's like, Lewis, get in my back pocket. I have these scissors. And the guys didn't check him, obviously. He cuts them out of the ropes. And then we get we get off on our journey. But anyway, um, why do they have to go to Australia to orchestrate a hit? Yeah, like why couldn't they just like go across? They're in the Brooklyn. Yeah, like they're in New York. Or couldn't a mob guy just like do it? I think it wasn't the kind of argument that he that he had plausible deniability that they just died by a freak accident because his wife, oh, yeah, mom, right. her mom, his mom knew that they were on that trip. Yeah, yeah they just um, like got lost in the desert somewhere. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Um, yeah, and then um, there's a nice R word surprise from Michael Shannon. By the way, Michael, Michael Shannon, Michael Shannon, who we have this, I guess. Is this a trust tree? Because yeah. I'm going to trust tree that Michael Shannon's good in this. Yeah, I I, I love it. He's <laughs> I'm he, down for that. He's fully he he knows the assignment. He understands he, it. Yeah. He's committed to what he's doing. Um, he sells it for sure. Also, it, it, so young in this, which was so like just wild to see. Like he's like 20 five it, years um, younger or something like that like, it gave me you know the college humor sketch where he's reading that sorority letter yes mm-hmm. yes it's, it's basically so the funny. same character i think yeah um really unhinged and kind of just doing a mob lanky kind of guy he's great i think he's good in this mm-hmm. um but yeah uh and then the kangaroo jack bloopers at the end hello talking kangaroo at the very end did you guys stick around for that i did good. i did um not happy about it but not good yeah Anyway, any other thoughts? (laughs) I do think this, I wrote this down right off the bat on my notes that I think it asks a semi-interesting question about how much you owe someone who saves your life. That's true. Yeah. Like how, how, what's that line of like, do I truly owe you for the rest of my life? Or is there like a boundary there where you can eventually say no well, that could have been an interesting thing to explore a little bit better, even. Like, I wouldn't have hated that if that was, like, the recurring theme. In, instead of where at the end, he's like, you save my life, I save yours, so now we're even. He's like, Lewis, you've been saving my life every day. Right. 
and you're like oh wow but also as he's hanging off of the cliff uh he goes he tells like he might die and he's like you need to lay off the pie <laughs> it's like all right like i will say i did laugh out loud um in the scene where they're chasing Jackie legs for the first time and they got the termite mounds. Uh, yeah. yeah. Jackie Le- and they're yeah. the termite mounds. Similarity with the, sorry, sorry. I'm so no, sorry. No, no. I'm, no I was going to say similarity with Indiana Jones. Yeah. True. Man, go. guys, we got the whole thing going guys. They're just driving through the termite mounds and he's like, he keeps hitting them all. And he goes, careful, Lewis, you almost missed one. I was like, that's funny. I laughed. <laughs> um, all he needs to do is stand in between two cars and let the termite mounds hit him in the nads. <laughs> Also, when he's like describing Jesse for the first time to Charlie in the bar, he's like, This girl's like, oh, and you're like, huh? And he goes, epileptic, good stuff. Um, do you guys have anything else about Kangaroo Jack? No. <laughs> no. Oh, I do, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do want to say that I think the character introductions at the beginning are extremely done extremely poorly. Like, yes. Like I get the like stylization that they're going for with like the comic book kind of, you know, almost like they're trying to do like a Scorsese kind of vibe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it felt like Goodfellas and like Richard Donner Superman, obviously with like the musical mm-hmm. theme and and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. it was such a weird combo. It just like the the graphics were just not well done. Like the way it was edited together looked very student film, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is a good segue, I guess. Just talking about student films, but hey. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, Kangaroo Jack, major yikes, some funny moments, but mostly yikes. Let's move on to a lot of yikes. Um, Aloha Jackson. This was kind of your suggestion and pick for, for the scene double. Um, this, this is one of my babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the longest time, this was the worst movie I have ever seen. To this day, it's the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. Mm. Uh, when I saw it in high school, um, kind of marketed in like a not a not a dissimilar way to Kangaroo Jack, I guess. Where like, oh, this big cast, oh, it's a rom com kind of with Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone, who are kind of, uh, I guess maybe it's before the peaks of their careers. I think this is before La La Land, so before La La Land, but like Silver Linings Playbook had happened, True. and American well, Sniper, oh. so I. Th- Yes, sorry, both Bradley the, Cooper. Both of the yeah. Spider-Mans had come out. Like, I think That's Emma true. Stone was they were, they were they're, they're big, yeah. they're big. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, I just remember, like, really looking forward to it. I took my high school girlfriend there, and we just had such a horrible, horrible time <laughs> that we almost left. Um, I don't I, I, I don't think I benefited from staying, but, but we did, and it was not very good. And so I was really excited for us just to watch this and let you guys experience. Cause I don't think you guys have seen this movie before. No, no. Um, yeah. How was it? <laughs> Jeff, you go first. Um, I loved it. <laughs> Safe no, it's, it, I, um, no, it, uh, um, it was the worst movie I've ever seen. I, it legit. That's great. I, it's it's pretty. It bad. will go at the very bottom of my list. It is the worst movie I've ever seen, and because it and the main overarching reason I that I keep coming back to is like I mentioned earlier, it thought it was going to be good. Yeah. So it's, that's what makes it so bad is, um, it just takes itself really seriously and has a lot of talent, had a decent budget, um, 
it was released in May. Like they thought they were doing something. They thought they were cooking. <laughs> and uh, it is the worst movie I've ever seen. What about you, Carter? Yeah, it's all to your point. Totally agree. It's just like, I don't know. Some movies are kind of made that, that kind of get like condemned to movie hell because they're they're malicious kind of in the way that they, they, they try to step. This doesn't feel malicious. It just feels like a massive misstep. Like Cameron Crowe, like just kind of, you know, being the, a prototype, like being the white guy trying to raise voices of the less fortunate and doing a really poor job of it. A there's, really poor job. There's, there's that. And then you have these movies like Jackson, even you and I have talked about this before with like Avatar, right? Where it's like, white guy living in a native land and you can you can feel how you'd like about that but and, this and the main the point is for like the main character to feel bad about it happening to other people and how does the white guy feel right in this situation but like this is even completely different like you can feel about how that how you will this just has like a white woman in the native land not as a white woman just like playing it off like there's none of it. Like it's not yeah. even that dichotomy of like a white man coming into the land. She's already yes. built in as Emma it's Stone is like, cast as his character. Yeah. We have Bradley Cooper who is this war contractor. Like he's like a military contractor guy who's been brought onto this project. Yeah. Uh, and then Emma Stone is playing her, like his underling, which is like, or like her, I don't know. She's kind of like showing him around. A handler. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if like she's above him or if well she used to he used to be in the military right he used to be in the military I, I literally was about to text you guys when the movie ended I was like I'm gonna need you to explain what happened in the movie but I, yeah the plot was not easy to follow I kept having to ask Jackson too yeah, yeah. so he so, left okay. the military because he wanted to change the world and be a military contractor no so what <laughs> happened was he was working on this he. Maybe he, he was, was in the military because yeah. he has these connections. He was contracted on another mission with uh, 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 Bill Murray's character. Like he contracted mm -hmm. him for this other thing in Afghanistan. Okay. Um, and then he got in trouble for like skimming money off the top. And like he got Cooper did Cooper did. Cooper did. Okay. Yeah. He got busted for that. And it wasn't like like a misunderstanding like he like just actually just did it i think i don't think they ever tried to like so he's just a like shitty guy he's like a shitty guy going into it okay taking this mission emma stone who is canonically in this movie a quarter hawaiian which she is not in real life and, and a quarter I think chinese I, but I think she's too. also a quarter chinese she's only that are you serious in the movie yeah. yeah oh my god i did not even catch that part um yeah so <laughs> So there's all these layers. She's very connected to um, being Hawaiian and being a native and like, yes, I don't know. I feel like so much of this movie is like book reports about Hawaiian myths and lore and stuff like that, that like, it's like the most inorganic way to present the information explained by the little kid who's filming. Yeah, yeah. sure. And stuff. But, but all, all this to say like Avatar, but also even worse than Avatar, it is a white guy hanging out with a white woman playing a biracial woman who's feeling sad about how these other native people are being treated. Yes. And her, her arc is so stupid too. Cause she's in the middle. This is, I think they're in the air force. This is like an air force project. Yeah. And you know, obviously like Hawaii is like, like colonized by the United States. They did at least fairly show that like the, the people of Hawaii, like did not want to be 
under like the rule of an occupation of the United States throughout the movie. But the whole time Emma Stone is like, but the military's good this time. But the military's good this time. And at no point does her character like overcome that arc. She just is like disappointed in like the few bad apples or whatever that do this thing that like we all knew was gonna happen. And by the end of it, she's not like leaving the military or anything. Like there's no arc there at all and just like complete uh lack of awareness i guess with that it, stuff which is really frustrating character is just so so confusing and i was about to say she she's not even yeah she is very miscast for obvious reasons yeah but even the character she's trying to play like this like hard ass yeah this of? hard ass like like trying to go by the book type of thing, like she doesn't play it very well no. either and i mean no one really plays their characters very well i think they're all in different movies yeah um, I don't know what Bill Murray is is doing <laughs> in this movie, but um, there's one scene where he's just like dancing with Emma Stone's character, and I'm like, what's going on here? There's like a ball or something going on. Yeah, like, everyone's there. I, 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 I don't know. Um, truly bizarre character premise performances. Weird back massage moment from Bill Murray. Um, yeah. to Bradley Cooper. What was that about? I. <laughs> Not sure what's going on there. Danny McBride's there for a minute. Um, He's like the least offensive. Like they call big... him fingers. Do they? <laughs> oh, never mind. But is Alec Baldwin the best, the least offensive person in this movie somehow? Yeah, because I guess he's just playing like a hardo military guy as well. Well, but okay. He, even he was a little rusty in it. Yep. Oh, <laughs> stop! <laughs> stop! Um. Yeah, okay. Let's get to like the B plot. Well, I guess the A plot is him doing the thing and falling in love with Emma Stone despite having zero chemistry. Like, how do you feel about their chemistry? Is there chemistry? It's yeah. um it's it's non existent, right? It's so weird because I watched an actors on actors with Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone. And they're year. amazing. They're it. awesome. You could tell they're like they've known each other for a while. They say like yeah. Even in that interview, like, yeah, we met a long time ago. They don't mention that it was probably on <laughs> the set was. of Aloha. Um, but yeah, they're amazing. And then there's just, there's none of that. I think it's the script's fault. There's a lot of just, I don't know. I, I, yeah, the dialogue's extremely cringe. Yeah. Like, because I, and I do think that that's primarily what sets Emma Stone up for failure is because, like, yeah, she just, there was so many times where she would say something and you just, you, you literally groan. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, just yeah. it's it's very, very bad. So um, so that's the A plot. Yeah. Let's, I'm going to jump to the C plot next, because, like, I think logically it's the closest to that story. He has this ex lover uh, play. Who, who's the actress again? I was Rachel forgetting. McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Amazing. I love her. Um, who is married to John Krasinski. They have two kids. Um, and the plot is kind of like. Is he gonna like maybe fall in love with her too? Like it's kind of like doing a love triangle thing. I well, they think. were together before. They were together before, yes. right before she had her baby, like got pregnant with her baby. Um, Whoa! And like, I don't know. Like it's it's so weird because like they're trying to say that like John Krasinski is like this really bad husband, but also they haven't really laid out how he's worse than Bradley Cooper is in this situation. Yeah. Can can I pause? Can I yeah. pause right there? In the movie, they don't do anything to establish that he's nothing but a pretty decent guy. Like even the fact that he's getting cooked 
He's getting cucked by Bradley Cooper in his own home in front of his own children in the other room. He's a pretty cool about it in his own kind of way. He comes in, he gives him the shoulder. We can talk about that in a minute. But then the, the, the moment that they kind of harp on and really circle as the crux of, yeah, we need to get a divorce despite everything that that entails is because he calls her dance a social Instead of a prom, a prom. No, he calls it prom instead of a social. It turns into this whole so, thing. Check your bags. He, he <laughs> and then he punches she had the an event. Man. He knew that she was had something. Like yeah. he, he saw her and went, "Oh, you were at a dance tonight. I'm going to ask you how that went." But he used the wrong word, and the word he used was prom, which I feel like is a pretty universally accepted term for a dance. And she's like, "Yep, you're out of here." And then he and then he decapitates Santa. Um, insane i just think that that's the most ridiculous and just like just stupid way to go like they should have just made him an asshole or something like you you can you can really play marital stripe up in a movie really well as far as that goes they really did not do as much as they could have it's actually kind of crazy like maybe there was stuff that got cut or i don't know but Generally, it was very in those, in those mo- in those, for that trope, you're supposed to feel bad for Rachel McAdams and be like, oh, thank God justice is happening right here. Like, thank God yeah. they're getting this deadbeat out of here. But you, yeah. you felt bad for John Krasinski's character. You're like, this but guy they- just came home from, from 12 hours of a military shift. Oh, yeah. Daughter hour night was, now he's getting a divorce. Anyway, sorry. And like, also, like, what was the, I'm trying to remember what the resolution was for that. Did they, they get divorced? Up- no, I think they ended up together. They're fine. Um, they, they do because Bradley because, Cooper did not get get with her because she's with yeah, he's with Emma Stone. He comes home and asks one clarifying question: "Did you fuck my wife, Bradley Cooper?" And when he gets a, an an unspoken affirmative to that question, Subtitle. they get back together. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So there's this bit uh, between Bradley Cooper and John Krasinski. Whenever they're in the room, John Krasinski doesn't say anything, and then you know he leaves. And Bradley Cooper is telling Rachel McAdams, oh, you know, he said so much with that little glance. Like, I knew what this meant, this meant, this meant. Then the next time it happens, there's like actual subtitles that come up, which is just one of the most insane things. I think whenever I saw it in theaters, like all of us just collectively groaned, like, Like, what is going on? Uh, So, so stupid. It it walked so we, our group, could run. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say, like, this was maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe this is where he got his inspiration for A Quiet Place, at least. He's like, I do a not-talking thing so good, don't I? <laughs> I just Can we go back to just the A-plot and kind of the ending of the movie and kind of the, the twist that happens? Where yes. he is trying to commission just this satellite, right, to, to go You mean up. the B-plot? Yeah, this is the B-plot. Oh, sorry. The A-plot is the relationship? Okay. It. it has to be right like that's totally like what they marketed yeah the b plot is like yeah them going and like meeting with the king of hawaii or something and getting like the contracts i, I don't know what's going on well he thinks he's putting up two radio towers just in on these mountains or something something about a bridge also um, so they can use like part of the island to like yeah, commission to, like the launch to, site or something like that i guess yeah but then it turns out that the satellite actually contains a nuclear warhead which he does not know at the time. Right. It's like like afterwards it's revealed. So it's like he's justified. And it's a really shitty way to write out all the story. Basically, they set up that the military 
and private sectors. So this is kind of like a like a SpaceX type of thing. Before I don't I don't even think SpaceX was around when this movie came out. Maybe it was. Um, SpaceX is private. This private space company is doing this contract with the military. The military legally can't ask questions about it for some reason. Is what like what they tried to explain. Um, does that sound right to you guys? I think I think I, that's what happened. I think it was a. I don't know if it was a legally can't ask, but I we're not going to because this guy pays us so much money. So like much money. Okay. A, it had some kind of weird statement about privatizing space. Sure. Like the movie has something to say about that. In yeah. Terms of like Emma Stone's character brought up like a whole image of like all the satellites in the air, and he's like, she's like, look, these could all be weapons and then they talk about like the sky act of blah 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 yeah yeah it's so so then uh at this point in the movie bradley cooper and emma stone are like broken up they launch the satellite (laughs) they're all there like she's after a great montage of them like uh getting together yeah doing doing several things um so then to win her back i guess he's he calls up this tech guy who's working the launch and he's like (laughs) You know that thing that we once talked about or something? And he's like, Yeah. That zip he's like, file? Do do it. And he sends essentially a zip file bomb of every single recorded piece of audio to ever exist on the history of the earth to the satellite within like two seconds. He's like, Oh yeah, let me just cue that up real quick and send it over. Um and then the satellite explodes and you see like all the sound go into it and it's really stupid. Horrible CGI, by the way. Really bad. What was that? Cut that. Whatever that was. Jeff, what was that? I'm so sorry. I had a tab with ESPN going to keep track of the Kraken score in an Oh, how's it going? <laughs> They're beating the Bruins two to one. I'm so sorry. It I, was like, sound... I was like, I was like, someone just break into it, Jeff's house. It didn't make a sound for the last two hours. <laughs> I, I kind of want to keep it in, and I just might. Anyway, go crack. That was so scary. Um. Anyway, yes the 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 satellite blows up. Horrible CGI for that satellite, mm-hmm. by the way. They don't um, arrest him immediately for treason or something like. I don't know. I feel like no. they, they should immediately put him in handcuffs. Alec Baldwin comes in and yells at him. And then like five minutes later, he's like, you're my hero. And then Bill Murray shows up, even though he was like on like a FaceTime call like a minute ago. So like maybe they were in the same area whenever they, they did the meeting. It was so stupid. And um, the premise that, and, and I get it. It's a movie, right? But this movie tries, like this isn't Kangaroo Jack where you can accept the money in the jacket and the jackets on the kangaroo kind of a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. This movie takes itself decently seriously. And so like the the premise that too large of a file downloading would cause a physical like explosion. Just explosion. Like like I could I could even swallow like it short circuits and now it's just a piece of space trash. But like sure. um, and the fact that they could transmit billions of terabytes worth of information it's an insane amount. It's an insane amount. I can't even send an email of the audio file of this podcast to Jackson without putting it in a different, in a Google link. Like, right. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh my God. I, I did it's, think, yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say, I did think the bit was kind of funny that Jackson was just talking about of it's, it's shown that they're in two very distinct environments where Bill Murray's like in this really sleek SpaceX type launch room. And then they're kind of like in a broom closet, even yeah. though they're United States military on the Air Force base. And then 
like so it's implied that he's in know, a different state out maybe. of the country yeah <laughs> and then he's just outside waiting for them he's, so yeah. stupid yeah yeah and all of this they discover all this about the, the satellite and the nuclear warheads just from the fact that this little kid likes shooting home videos and he just happened to be on like a, a government site filming yeah, the, the war filming restricted access like a sniper like, bullet should have just come through <laughs> he's like what do you think it means yeah uh, it's so it's so bad stuff. oh um the oh, same little kid who showed litter uh, i'm listener he literally earlier in the movie shows bradley cooper gerbil porn on his computer <laughs> wait, you're right you're right wait jeff you're so right he shows this he's like 10 or something and yes. he's really into i don't know if he's like filming oh, it or just watching it or like editing together these two hamsters just go and add it that that's that is the Chekhov's gun introduction to his video habit is showing that he made homemade gerbil porn and the payoff to that setup is i filmed a nuclear, nuclear cache site for a privatized space organization <laughs> they should have just sent that video to the satellite instead of every sound yeah. ever that would be more believable i honestly i would prefer that and but the but the during the <laughs> after the gerbil porn scene there's like he's talking to bradley cooper about something like semi-serious and then there's an over-the-shoulder shot while bradley cooper's talking to the kid and like You're the right. serious line where you can just see the gerbil <laughs> porn pulled up on the monitor <laughs> you can tell the kids like only half paying attention right. <laughs> that's just good editing guys i don't know what you're talking about oh my god so bad, dude. Oh, can so i just that up. can i just ask a genuine question to kind of tie it all together mm-hmm. yep. like what do you th- like genuinely cameron crow what do you think he was thinking when he when he wrote this like it's gonna be he- a hit movie but like how do you I don't know. How do you objectively or even subjectively look at the thing you wrote and think it's good? I don't I don't understand. It's just like a perfect example of a movie trying to tackle important issues, quote unquote, without actually discussing them or really getting into it. Like you got the Oscar Beatty thing with an ensemble cast. Yeah. You got these race relations. You got the military mm-hmm. tension. Some At the time, it was like a total Oscar bait concept in general. Yeah, not quite Trump era, getting close. Yeah. But I don't know, it's just really confusing the character motivations and I I I don't know, man. I'm just so baffled by the whole thing. I have to take us back to the C plot one final time. Rachel McAdams. Uh, which we learn that Bradley Cooper is the father of the daughter of the family, right? Right at the end, yes. And he has this moment with her when he like kind of suspects at one point before Mm-hmm. and it's like if if you are her and you have no idea who this guy is you would assume that your mom's friend is being a creep towards you because it, it was like kind of like winky flirty like in like a innocent way if you know that they're related or like you suspect that they're related but like she had no idea of that mm-hmm. then at the end of the movie he shows up outside of her hula class where she again, like, has only seen him a few times. Like, it's her mom's friend as far as she's concerned. Uh-huh. And he's just, like, staring at her through the window. <laughs> like, I would assume that I need to call the police before I leave this class. She, like, starts crying. 
and, and she like, like gets it like it clicks for her and like they they realize that they're listen jackson a lot of things are not said in this movie it's true but the communication still gets through because all the sound was already does. used to destroy the nuke yeah so they really, didn't need to use sound anywhere else he, this guy really heard show don't tell in a screenwriting <laughs> class <laughs> yeah that, that oh my beer extremely cringy jackson because the way they shoot it too they do like some of these like like um wide angles where you just mm. see bradley cooper's entire body standing outside a dark window it's really uh, weird he, he has all the jeffrey dahmer i just want to take some pictures of you <laughs> like it's it, so it, menacing like, the fact that the that the teacher let her run out the door to this man and give is him a yeah terrible <laughs> because the you would you would assume that she's met her parents before so she knows that this guy's not related yeah 100%. the whole thing is um extremely dangerous um i hate it um this is my last point um, on Aloha. And I just pulled quotes of people trying to defend the movie. <laughs> um, here is uh, one from Cameron Crowe. I have heard your words and your disappointment, and I offer you heartfelt apology to all who felt this was an odd or misguided casting choice in regards to Emma Stone. Yeah. As far back as 2007, Captain Allison Ng was written to be a super proud one quarter Hawaiian who was frustrated that, by all outward appearances, she looked nothing like one. A half Chinese father was meant to show the surprising mix of cultures often prevalent in Hawaii. Extremely proud of her unlikely heritage, she feels personally compelled to over-explain every chance she gets. The character was based on a real-life redheaded local who did just that. So what do you have to say about that? It's That's not... more interesting, I guess, but they didn't do that. Right, think. that's not what's introduced. <laughs> like that, that yeah. feels like what that's like a little kid explaining your way out of getting in trouble. Like, <laughs> like I get like if that was like an actual character moment for her, and she spent the whole time stomping her feet, is like nobody was listening to her about like her concerns because mm -hmm. she didn't appear that way. Yeah, sure. But like, yeah, never once did I pick up that she was frustrated by her appearance. Yeah, like at one point, the characters like make fun of her behind her back that she won't stop mentioning that she's Hawaiian. Like it's yeah, like it's, it's not done in a subtle or interesting way. It's lost in translation. It, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, I have two more statements. One from Sony defending the film's portrayal of Hawaiian culture, stating while some have been quick to judge a movie they haven't seen and a script they haven't read. So this must have happened before. I don't know. Uh, the film Aloha respectfully showcases the spirit and culture of the Hawaiian people. That's not not true. Like there are Hawaiian people in the film, and we there's one person with like a name and nobody else. Like yes, like we get to kind of get the vibe, and it's in the Hawaiian culture is mostly explained to us by white people. But yeah, I if digress. not entirely, and not entirely. And finally, Emma Stone's apology um, about being ethnically cast. I forgive you. Let me just say. <laughs> Uh, she just says <laughs> the character was not supposed to look like her background, which was a quarter Hawaiian and a quarter Chinese. So she's just kind of doubling down on Cameron Crowe's comments. Mm. But I don't, I don't blame her fully. But she still took on the role. But That's I feel true. like if it's what was written. I don't know if what Cameron Crowe wrote there in his first apology, and that's kind of the character she saw, which wasn't portrayed that way in the movie, then maybe it's different. But still, thank God nobody saw it because like her Except career could have been. Yeah, yeah. Like she mean, wins like, the Oscar the next. She year. wins the Oscar the next year, or like maybe in the next two years. But um, yeah. Like I feel like maybe if enough people saw it, maybe that wouldn't have been the case for her career. Um, yeah, I there's there's one moment in the scene, and Jackson, you pointed this out in the moment that it's just emblematic of the whole kind of white savior tone. 
is when they are doing like a a music like jam session with all these Hawaiian people and yes. she's in the middle of the circle. Yeah, like, making it about know, herself. They, like yeah. they're 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 singing Hawaiian folklore songs, I presume. Yeah. And she's in the middle, kind of being the pick me girl about it all. <laughs> I did quickly um Google her ethnic background just to see if there's any kind of um oh, I have a stone. Yeah, any any kind of um person of color kind of background. I quickly Googled her ethnic background. She's German, English, Scottish, Irish, and Swedish. Couldn't be more white. It couldn't <laughs> sounds pretty diverse. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah, she's more than welcome to play a Scottish. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If, if they ever do a brave live Ooh. action, it'd be terrific. You've got, you've got me. I'm on board. Wow. Wonderful. Thank God. Do you guys have anything else to say about Aloha? Those are kind of my final points. Just apologies from everyone involved. Yeah. Um, why does every Hawaiian movie have to have Elvis in it at some point? Man, he's the he's the pride of like why that why do we again is it's, he? It's white say it's what white people think love. That, that's how you get people. It's like how why am I gonna go see Kangaroo Jack? There's a kangaroo in it. Why am I gonna go see Aloha? Elvis? Elvis. Same thing. Same thing. Lilo and <laughs> so Stitch. What is, that's why yeah. what is his tie to Hawaii? Is he just in He's Does in he a lot of he's in a lot of his movies. He's in a lot of movies that take place on Hawaii. Blue Hawaii is one of the, the more gotcha. famous. But yeah, he's got a few that he likes to go there and do. So Craziness. anyway, I don't know, man. Anyway, are we doing Elvis on one of these scene doubles? That'd be fun. No. But cool. Honestly, it's <laughs> bad enough. Elvis and Priscilla take... scene double. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, do you guys have anything, any final thoughts on uh either uh Aloha or Kangaroo Jack before we get into uh ranking them and some reviews the only thing that aloha gave me was just today i read an article about russia and space and it mentioned the sky act of 1967 oh there you go i know that yeah i i did a leonardo dicaprio point screen uh because i wouldn't have known what that was had i not seen aloha so it's good for something Mm. thank you for opening our eyes jackson and broadening our horizons you're welcome Let's move on to what's in the box. Oh, what's in the box? You guys got any reviews um, from, from Kangaroo Jack first? Yeah, I got one. Uh, this is from Voluptuous Goat. <laughs> uh, this is a three star. And it says, this movie reminded me that I need more pie. <laughs> yes, fair. Um, do you have any from Kangaroo Jack, Joe? Yeah, I found two. One of them is a three and a half star with a heart from Matt Purvis that says 10 millionth time watching this. Genuinely funny with good pacing and plenty of bathroom jokes. <laughs> <laughs> He's right on the final page. Hey, someone likes it. I found one more from Legged Fish, which is five stars and a heart. And it just says, yeah, I fucking cried. <laughs> <laughs> from laughter or from sadness? We'll never know. Yeah. The know. the only one I pulled from Kangaroo Jack is a one star review from Karst, and I just thought it was apt for today. The things I do for my podcast. So <laughs> someone else is bearing awesome. the weight uh, on their shoulders as we are. Um, you got any from Aloha, Jeff? Yeah, I found one from Kendall, which is four stars in a heart, and I just thought it was just funny. Um, Because it says, I absolutely adored this film. The acting was absolutely amazing. And the film had such adorable moments. The storyline was a bit confusing at times, which is why I couldn't give it a full five stars. (laughs) Normally, I'm not a big fan of romantic comedies, but there was something about this film that really captivated me. 
Wow. Fair I enough. Wanna, I want to bring them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need to do a re-Aloha after this. Um, Jackson, you got any from Aloha? Yeah, I got two. This first one is from Schizo Bailey. Colon, or comma FBI. I don't know. This is a <laughs> this this is a weird account. Uh, I said this is a half star review. John Krasinski asked Bradley Cooper if he slept with his wife using telepathy, screenwriting. <laughs> um, and then this one is maybe one of my favorite reviews I've ever seen. It's this is by FBY fifty four. So one and a half star. It says, I've never actually seen this movie. I just needed to find a random title so I could scream into the void. I dropped my fucking pie. I spent like four hours on this fucking masterpiece of a cherry pie. And as I was getting it out of the oven using hot pads instead of mittens because I'm a fucking idiot, I burned myself and dropped it face down on the floor. Fuck 2020. Fuck my life. I just wanted cherry pie. God damn it. <laughs> That's amazing. Holy cow. Um, I've got two. Uh, my first is a five-star review from Sydney. Uh, if he doesn't ruin a billionaire's life for you for Christmas, dump him. Mm. And then uh, my one-star review from Sidhu. Uh, best part of this movie was when they played a two-second audio clip from Seven, and I remembered what a good movie sounds like. <laughs> which seems that's apt awesome. for for this segment. That we yeah, that's right. great. Um, okay, guys, let's rank. Um, Jeff, while you weren't here. Um, last week, we decided to put um, Get Smart and Green Hornet above Hansel and Gretel in that order. So we have Hansel and Gretel, Get Smart, Green Hornet, Eagle Eye, Crystal Skull, and Phantom Menace. That's what our list is at right now. Um, so how do we feel about? Um, well, can we just agree that Aloha's at the bottom? Yeah, it's easily the 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 floor now. Yeah, and boy, it's gonna be hard to. Because at the very least, Hansel and Gretel was like trying something Mm -hmm. that was like niche within its own. Like it was doing some genre stuff um, and they had that cool puppet. And I feel like that the puppet alone puts it above. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Puts it above Aloha. Um, Now, Kangaroo Jack. What do you what do you think? Is it above Hansel and Gretel? I don't, think so. I, I don't think so. These are the worst two. We've I think done. I had more fun watching Hansel and Gretel. I think these I, are, yeah, it has really like they're muted colors, but like it has like creative set pieces. Mm-hmm. And to to Jackson's point, it feels like they're it feels like they had a clear vision of what they had wanted to do, and they got decently close to the target. Whether mm-hmm. or not they, that was worth it wasn't for me, out. but right. it was at least something. Probably you know? for somebody. Yeah, um, yeah. This one was just. I mean, I think the camel jokes or the camel fart jokes are just kind of emblematic of the whole movie, and I I can't put it above anything else. That's fair. Other than Aloha. Other than Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Kangaroo Jack didn't have the sugar sickness, so we that's can, true. Can't have that. Um, <laughs> wonderful, cool. So that's our new ranking right now. Um, now, boys, you feeling lucky? You could ask yourself a question: Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Yes, sir. Oh, oh yeah. boy. So I've come up with a game for you guys. You guys are going to be competing against each other here. Um, so kind of based off of the two movies we tackled today, they're both uh, featuring like destination places pr- predominantly. So I have written 14 plot synopses of movies okay. that that have either a country or a state in their title. And I want oh, you to- In the movie title. In the movie title. I'm going to read you a plot synopsis 
and you're just going to try to tell me what the movie is based on that plot synopsis. Okay. I like this. Okay. First um, to buzz in. We're just saying it. No, I'm going to, so I'm going to hop back and forth. You're going to get okay. seven questions each. I'm allowing steals if you don't get it right. Um, so here's how the scoring is going to work. I give you three points. If you just get the movie based off the synopsis for two points, you can ask for the, the four main cast members. Okay. okay. I'll give you the four main cast. And then for one point, in addition to all of that, on top of the cast members in the synopsis, you can ask if it's a country or a state in the title. If should okay. you choose. Um, and yeah, uh, if you don't get it right, I'll pass to Jeff or va- vice I'm versa. Do bad on this. And we'll just we'll just see where we are. Um, if we end in a tie, I have a bonkers tiebreaker question. So we'll see if we end up there, but but maybe not. Um, so who would like who would like to start? You guys will get seven questions each at least. So who wants to start? I want to go second. I'll start, the, I guess. Because of the Super Bowl. <sighs> <laughs> no. He brought right, it back, baby. All right, Jackson. Uh, here's your first question. Tell me the movie based off this synopsis. Prince Moses learns of his identity as a Hebrew and his destiny to become the chosen deliverer of his people. We watch this every Passover. It's Prince of Egypt. Yeah, Let's I'm extremely, go. I'm extremely bummed I didn't get that question. Hey, I start <laughs> off just so you know. I start off easy, and the difficulty okay. gets harder. Just so everyone okay. knows. Um, so, I, so Jeff, hopefully this is a softball. I I thought it was a softball, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Uh, so that's three points to you, Jackson. Congrats. Uh, Jeff, your synopsis: A group of animals who have spent all their life in a New York zoo end up in the jungles of Africa and must adjust to living in the wild. Madagascar, baby. Bangers. I thought it was going to be that other one that's like not very good. I uh, forget what it's called, though. Wild. Kevin James. The Wild, yeah. Is that of a country in the name, Jackson? No, but I was just thinking of that movie. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, we're back to Jackson. An unorthodox and irreverent DJ begins to shake up things when he's assigned to the U.S. Armed Services radio station in Southeast Asia. Good morning, Vietnam. Well done. That is another three points to you. Very nice. Very nice. Jeff, your question. A naive youth leader is appointed to fill a vacancy in the U.S. Senate. His idealistic plans promptly collide with corruption at home and subterfuge from his hero, but he tries to forge ahead despite attacks on his character. (laughs) Um... I think I know this one. I'm going to take a stab, although it might be. I'm going to ask for the cast just to be safe. Wonderful. Uh, The four main cast members are Jimmy Stewart, Gene Arthur, Claude Rains, and Edward Arnold. Um, Yeah, I actually don't know it. That's not what I thought it would be. Would you like to ask if it's a country or a state to maybe uh, give Jackson yes. less points? Uh, this is the the a state is in the title of this movie. Mm, yeah, I honest to God, don't know. I'm gonna have to pass. Uh, we'll go to Jackson for the steal. This is a sneaky state because it's not actually a state. Uh, it's Mister Smith goes to Washington. Well, yes, Washington is a state, but not the but, Washington. But that's not the Washington of the movie. It's this is Washington, correct. So that is one point steal for Jackson. Wow. That was yeah, a tricky one. Never even heard of that. 
Well, if you listen to our episode on it, maybe you would maybe you would know. Disadvantage, Yikes. perhaps. Um, okay, so we're back to Jackson now. Um, set over one summer, the film follows precocious six-year-old Mooney as she courts mischief and adventure with her ragtag playmates and bonds with her rebellious but caring mother, all while living in the shadows of a famous amusement park. So I haven't seen this movie, but I'm pretty sure you're describing The Florida Project. I am describing the Florida project and that is another three points to Jackson. Uh, You are now at 10. Jeff is at three, but he can get back on the board right here. Uh, Jeff. Stop the count. Stop the count. Plot synopsis for you. Good girl, Sandy and greaser Danny fell in love over the summer when they unexpectedly discover they're now in the same high school. Will they be able to rekindle their romance? Uh, (laughs) Grease. That's so stupid. I love little, it. A little tricky, but yes, it <laughs> I is. Like, I was like, I know it's Greece, but that's not a... I was like, oh my God, Carter, you're such a cheese ball. <laughs> I finessed it. Well done. Um, beautiful. Um, Jackson, mm-hmm. back to you. When a childless couple, an ex-con and an ex-cop, decide to help themselves to one another's family quintuplets, their lives become more complicated than they anticipated. Okay. I th- I don't know if this is the plot of the movie. I'm going to assume it is because I don't think Jeff knows it. Regardless, um, I the, whenever you mention this game, this is the first movie that came to mind. Even though I haven't seen it, is it Raising Arizona? What That's a poll! It is Raising Arizona. Wow. Thought that would be a sneaky one, but I was like, way. that sounds like because that's a Nick Cage movie, right? Yep, Nick Cage. I was like, that Cohen sounds Brothers. like a Nick Cage movie. It's great stuff. Good to see it. All right, we're back to Jeff. Uh, Jeff, your question, your synopsis. A private detective hired to expose an adulterer in 1930s Los Angeles finds himself caught up in a web of deceit, corruption, and murder. Chinatown, baby. Hey. Adam boy, he's back. One of my all-time faves. Forget yeah. it, Jake. It's Cloud Town. Yeah, <laughs> bonus points for Cloud Town. The two Jakes. <laughs> Uh, Jackson at 13, Jeff shortly behind at nine. Um, okay. Next question for Jackson. A mother personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. Wait, can you repeat that? I will. A mother personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. That's correct. Jackson's a ringer at this game. This is the best I've ever done in any of our games. (laughs) Look at you, baby girl. All right. Jeff, back to you. A young woman who has reinvented herself as a New York City socialite must return home to obtain a divorce from her husband after seven years of separation. Hmm. Who's in it? Uh, the four cast members are Reese Witherspoon, Josh Lucas, Patrick Dempsey, and Candace Bergen. I'm going to myself. Sweet home Alabama. Yes, sir. I would have never gotten that one. That's a great grab. Amazing. That's a, that's a Cynthia Brown, my mom. Mm. I've seen that <laughs> probably 7,000 times. Out of play. <laughs> Good movie. Beautiful. Jackson, back to you. Mm-hmm. A new, yes, got it. 
different New York one. A New York woman apprentices for a dance company and throws herself headlong into her dreams, even as the possibility of realizing them dwindles. Can I get the cast? I would love to give you the cast as soon as I pull it up and I pander. <laughs> um, the uh, cast for this film, Greta Gerwig, Mickey Sumner, Michael Zegan, Adam Driver. Oh, this is Francis Ha, you butt. Francis in the title. Good job. <laughs> Two points. That was Jackson. sneaky. I'm a sneaky boy. All right, Jeff, back to you. When Sally hears that her grandfather's grave may have been vandalized, she and her paraplegic brother, Franklin, set out with their friends to investigate. After a detour to their family's old farmhouse, they discover a group of crazed, murderous outcasts living next door. Hmm. I don't really do any horror. Can you tell me the cast? I will, and I don't know if it'll help. Um, <laughs> the cast is Marilyn Burns, Alan Danziger, Paul A. Preyton, and William Vale. I'm just going to go shot in the dark. Is it tech Texas chain saw massacre? Yes, sir. It is. Nice. Good grab. Good poll. Two points for Jeff there. Um, okay. We're now going into our final two questions. Uh, there is a chance Jeff can come back if he gets some steals from Jackson. If Jackson fumbles it here, we'll see. Jackson, your question. In 1997, when the U.S. president crashes into a large metropolitan area, now a giant maximum security prison, a convicted bank robber is sent in to rescue him. Oh, wait. Did, did we watch... Is this another Nick Cage movie? I don't know. Uh, give me the cast. It's going to be Nick Cage. All right. The cast of the movie is Kurt Russell, Lee Van Cleef, Ernest oh, Borgnine, Donald movie. Pleasance. I've seen, I think I was thinking of that Alcatraz movie with, with Nick Cage. The Rock. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> the Rock and Wild. Um, oh, man. Can you give me the synopsis one more time, please? In 1997, when U.S. president crashes into a large metropolitan area, now a giant maximum security prison, a convicted bank robber is sent in to rescue him. All right, I'm going to go for the one point. Can you give me one more? Uh, yes, uh, yeah. it is a state in the title. I don't know. I'm going to pass on that. I'm not sure. But at least it'll be one point for Jeff now. Jeff, do you got it? Is it Escape from New York? It is Escape from wow. New York. I was going to go Big Trouble in Little China when you said Kurt Russell, but then when you said the state, that, so that did oh, help. Oh, okay. That's a tricky one. He's in two country slash state movies. Good stuff. Um, okay, Jeff, your final question, Well, which if you get it right, you'll be just behind Jackson. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, I'll just give you the tiebreaker for funsies. Um, your final question. James Bond willingly falls into an assassination plot involving a naive beauty in order to retrieve a Soviet encryption device that was stolen by Spectre. I don't want to go through any of the escalators because I don't want to decrease my score so much you don't consider it a tie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, um, <laughs> you don't consider it a tie. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, I could tell you all the Daniel Craig ones. That's not the question. I don't think. Name the Daniel Craig James Bond films. Not. Well, it's not, not one of those, right? Okay. So I'll give you a hint. It's not one of those. Right. And it, and I I just don't know if I would know. I know the video games I used to play was Goldeneye. Hmm. It's not Goldeneye. Great pull. Not not useful here. Yeah. <laughs> Great game. Night, Great game. Night, Had a good time. Agent Nightfire. Incredible game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna just because I'm having fun. I'll, who's in it? I want to know which bond it is. Oh, I'll tell you right now as soon as I pander and look it up as well. <laughs> if it's uh, the um uh the cast is Sean Connery, Daniela Bianchi, Pedro Armanderas, and Robert Shaw. Yeah, that helps, but I I still it's hard to pull James Bond. Yeah, I, when I think Doc, when I think Sean Connery, I only think Doctor No for some reason, and I'm sure there's listeners who are frustrated with me because it's probably pretty obvious. I'll go country or state. Uh, this is a country. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know Jax? Yeah, it's uh, the spy who shagged me. <laughs> Close. Uh, this is the second James Bond film. This is from Russia with love. Oh, oh nice. my. I threw in the Soviet thing in there to maybe help mm. out, but oh my. Well, what was the tiebreaker well, for funsies? Do you guys want to do the tiebreaker question? Yeah. Yeah. And if I get it, I win. Um, if you have a piece <laughs> of paper lying around or you yep. can actually, you can use the chat function if you'd like. Um, mm. I would like you guys to see if you can name the full title of Borat. And I only for this because there is, I'll give you a hint. There's not one, but two country names in the title of Borat, the full Borat. And however many words, so however many words you get right that just that line up, I'll give you whoever has the most will, will win the point. Or maybe how about this to make it interesting? I'll give you a point for every correct word you get right. Okay. So it can just be a word jumble and we'll just see what we get. (laughs) I'll allow it. Um, But here, here's what I'll tell you. Actually, it's Borat colon. And then it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 words. So your title needs to be 11 words. You can type it in the chat box or you can write it on a piece of paper and show us. I'll give you a, like a couple seconds and you let me know when you're feeling you're feeling good and in the meantime I'll um I'll vamp on Borat I suppose um it's a film came out in 2006 um I won't name the full title but it's quite silly uh Sasha Baron Cohen what a guy Borat subsequent movie film that was a time Pamela Anderson is in Borat the guy from Get Smart is in Borat that's true is this guy's name? Oh no, that's a different person. How are we feeling? Jeff's got some eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might be wrong now. But we'll see. But happy you to be here. I think that made me think that maybe I'm not correct, but that's okay. Mm. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Jackson, how are you feeling over there? Uh, we'll find out. Uh, we'll find out. Um <laughs> You done? You I'm done. 
Amazing. Um, let's hear from Jeff first. What did you write down, Jeff? I wrote, I kind of did a word jumble, okay. um, <laughs> but I did Borat and I wrote down and the, uh-huh. <laughs> I put us, u dot s dot. Okay. And I put Kirkmenistan, which I think, or cosmic. Don't uh, count it if it's not right. Which one did you write? I put Kazakhstan. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I have adventure and movie and film. Okay. Is that all? Is that it? That's it. Okay. Uh, Jackson, what did you write down? I said America and Kazakhstan have culture in common, yet different enough, evidently. I don't think that's even remotely close. You were you were really close. So, um, Jeff, you had one right, Kazakhstan. Okay. Um, didn't even have and and the right. I'm so sorry. Um, Jackson, you had two right, which was Kazakhstan and America. You got the two the countries mm-hmm. right. Oh. Jeff, you you had U.S. You should have just changed to America. Sent. Yeah. Thank you you were so you were so close on one of them, Jackson. The full title mm-hmm. is Borat. Cultural learnings of America for make benefit glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Awesome. Awesome stuff. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so with that, Jackson, you you won my little game. Congratulations. That was uh, a great game. Good thanks job. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing, that Jeff. Was fun. More to come. And with that, we're done, guys. We did it. Woo-hoo. How about it? Was this the best one yet? I think so. I, got <laughs> I had a great over. time. No, thank God it's <laughs> over. I'm fine. This this episode gave closure to the experience. Um, so thanks, guys. You're so flushed welcome. away. Though is next. Flushed yes. away in robots. Yeah, salivating at the bit over here. Two of my <laughs> all-time babes. Absolutely. Next week, uh, as they mentioned, we're closing out kind of our scene double mini series. Uh, it'll be back. I have a feeling, but it'll it'll be back. But this this iteration of it will be wrapping up next week. And the boys mentioned robots and flushed away. Mm-hmm. Our magnum opus. We're we're very excited to end. Is this Dumpsbury. season one of Seeing Double officially? I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> but these will definitely be back. We enjoyed doing these, and we'll inter inter interlace them in, in our season. So, um, Jeff, thanks for coming back, buddy. We missed you last week, but good to have you back in the fold. Mm-hmm. Good to be back. Thanks, guys. Of course, Jackson. Where can they follow us on Instagram and TikTok? They can follow us at roughcut underscore. Pod. Carter, where can they follow us on X? At RoughCut underscore co. Like, comment, subscribe, listen. Shout out Film Yap. Hello. Mm-hmm. More comments for Jeff, please. And we'll discuss them. Um, we love you guys. Thanks for Where listening. were you on January 6th? <laughs> I was watching Third Man. <laughs> Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.